With Tieta Dishmaya, we're going to continue with our lessons in having Ahavas Israel and how important it is to have uh, during these, more more so during these times, because this is what's going to make or break us, guys, is how much do you love uh, Klal Israel? How much can you do for Klal Israel? How many merits can you take on upon yourself to give to Klal Israel? How many mitzvot? It's like so many things that we need to really be on fire doing lately, like on steroids. We have to really up our game and doing hesed and davening and tehillim and, and just doing a mitzvot and taking on things upon ourselves for the sake of giving merits to Klaus Israel. Because once we have the merits that we need to have, then Hashem will fight our wars. He'll fight our wars because he built this world in a cause and effect system. And so it's his system. So it has within it its laws. If we have the merits, if we can build the merits for our case here in this world, Hashem will open all the gates and he will fight all our wars for us. So enough said. So yesterday we talked about um, the opportunity of Shalom Bayez basically and how, how a wife and even a husband, because it has to do with couples, you know, uh, how important it is for us to treat each one, you know, with the utmost, you know, love, you know, because that's basically where, where it matters the most first. And so we talked about even comparing someone on a Walmart, Walmart deal, how, how, how sometimes we pay more attention and give more kavod to someone, let's say, in, of that nature instead of giving it to our own wife or husband. And so now let's talk about um, bringing down the Shekhinah. And so the verse, the verse of the Havata Reha Kamoha concludes with the verse, concludes with the words, Ani Hashem, I am Hashem. So one reason for this is that when a person loves his friend, Hashem's presence dwells upon him. And therefore Hashem says, love him because I am Hashem and I dwell where there is peace and love. It's beautiful. And, and, and if this is true when it comes to mere friends, how much more so when it comes to a person's wife? Or a person's husband. Indeed, the, in, there's a well-known Gemara in Sota that says that Rabbi Akiva taught that if a man and his and, and his wife merit, the Shekhinah dwells among them. But if they don't merit, fire will consume them. And Rashi explains that the words uh, man was his ish and ish, isha for women, both contains the letters aleph and shin. And they differ only that one contains a yud, and the other Rechei, which form Hashem's name. If they merit, meaning that they live together in harmony, the Shahina dwells among them. But if they don't live at peace with each other, then Hashem's name is removed. And all that's left is Esh, which is fire. And the Chida quotes in Rabbeinu Ephraim, a Rishon, and the Baal Haturim as well, who offers an additional hint. So the Torah states in Devarim, when a man marries a new wife, he shall not go out to the army, nor shall obligate him for any manner, taking business trips without his wife's permission. He shall be free for his home for one year. Okay, and he shall gladden his wife whom he has married. And the Chidah comments that if we take the last letter from each of these words, look at that, which ends with a Yud, with a Yud, and a, let's say a Yud and a He and the Vav, and the He, he shall be free from his home for one year. In Hebrew, we find the Shem's name, the Yud and the He and the Vav and the He. For when one makes his wife happy, he brings the Shekhinah into his home. And we can see this from how Gedolim treated their wives. 
When Rav Shlomo Zaman Albach returned home, he would stop to neaten his frock before entering the house. And when asked why he did that, he answered that when a husband and wife are good to each other, the Shekhinah is in their home. So he wanted to look presentable when greeting the Shekhinah. So even when it's not perfect, the, the Pele Yowetz and the Havas Ish Veisha writes that when we speak about loving one spouse, it doesn't mean that the spouse is perfect or that the perfect, it's a perfect you know, relationship. If someone's spouse is not easy to live with, the Pele Yowetz says it's a great Nisayon test, but even so, they should act towards one another with peace and friendship for the sake of the Shekhinah in order to bring honor to the Shekhinah. And he goes on to cite the Gemara that teaches that Rav Hiya's wife used to torment him. And nevertheless, whenever he saw something in the marketplace that she would appreciate, he would wrap it in a kerchief and bring it to her. And Rav asked him, why is Rav Hiya bringing gifts to his wife? Rav Hiya replied, it's enough to be thankful to her that she raises my children and protects me from sin. So there are the bare basics of marriage and there's our extras. Many feel that a marriage must be perfect. And even if one or the other spouse is not ideal, even the most basic advantage of a marriage suffice to require them to love each other. And Rav Shlomo Wolbe once said, a marriage that doesn't have an argument isn't a marriage because that means that the relationship is superficial and you aren't even delving into any issues. But your argument should always be resolved over a cup of tea. And interesting, Rawolbi wrote a pamphlet for young men who are engaged, filled with marital advice and guidance. One chapter discusses how to act when an argument occurs. And he writes that initially he didn't include this chapter, but he realized that these prospective husbands would not be able to handle even the most minor dispute because they had thought that a marriage is supposed to be smooth and supposed to be perfect. So the Pelas Yoet speaks separately to both the husband and the wife on a similar topic. First, he tells the husband, if you want the best protection to avoid fights in the home, do not be so exacting about every penny spent. And of course, every home needs a budget. And for some, every extra dollar or shekel makes a difference. But still, it should not be a discussion on a daily basis. Instead, sit down together one night and openly discuss your financial situation. And together, come up with a practical plan. If you follow the plan, hopefully everything will work out. And often people who have money are very exacting. Stinginess is generally a personality trait and has little to do with one's financial situation. If you have the means, you let your wife spend it. And if your wife is happy, then there's shalom in the house. Then the bracha can come down. So to the wife, he says, there are women who don't realize what is important and they go into fights with their husbands because they aren't giving them enough money. And that's silly. And let's analyze it. If the husband is truly poor and he can't afford it, it's bad enough that he's poor and he can't give as much as he would like. He too is embarrassed to tell his wife, so don't add pain onto his pain. Do the opposite. A wife should comfort her husband and tell him not to feel bad. She should tell him not to worry because Hashem will turn it around. And if they don't have more in this world, then they will have it in the next world. And she should tell him to be happy that they will survive. And she should say things to make him joyful and alleviate his concerns. Another piece of advice, Rav Yehuda Ades once said that the biggest destroyer of Shalom bias is complaints. And every complaint is another dart in the heart. He told a young man that every time he complained to his wife, he should know a dart into wall. He should throw a dart into the wall. And then he told a young man to see how easily those holes in the wall could be filled. And people are often unaware of how many complaints they make in a day. And so what's a complaint? Even the most minor things, for example, why did you put the cups over there? 
They belong over here. That's a complaint. So in order to begin appreciating others, we have to train ourselves to only see the good. It takes training because it doesn't come naturally, guys. That Rav Adas related that once he went to a Sheva Brachot and saw someone sniff the chopped liver and make a face. And the next man did the same thing. And as a result, none of the guests ate the chopped liver or the entree. And the whole Sheva Brachot had lost favor. Rather than seeing all the good, the beautiful plates, the candles, etc., this one person made one sniff and, a, and spread a negative feeling. And so Rav Adis decided to do the opposite. At the next Sheva Brachot, he picked up the rolls and commented how soft they were. He commented on and complimented everything. He noticed that when he came home, his children were copying him. And the more we focus on noticing the good and complimenting, the more it spreads and the opposite is true as well, guys. So someone, I, I know well, we laid the following. During the, the Shiva, during the Shiva, after his wife passed away, a very well-known marriage counselor came to be Menachem Avel. She spoke to, to, to his daughters and asked them why they had such a good marriage. And one of the daughters said, when my mother had an opinion, my father did not have an opinion. And when my father had an opinion, my mother didn't. And the marriage counselor replied, replied if everyone would be that way, I would be out of business. So Ahavas Israel begins at home, guys. This is why we talked about Shalom Bias. Because it begins at home. It's the work of a lifetime, but it's achievable. And we have to begin today. We have to begin it today. You know what? Great people make each day great. So make this day your day number one. And start today being a, 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 a Shalom Bias, uh, uh, how can I say, um, uh, lover. Like really go in there with new set of eyes and really understand that everything does start at home because the husband that Hashem gave you and the wife that Hashem gave you, he gave to you for a reason. It's because you are now one and that respect that you give your husband, you're giving it to yourself. That respect that you give your wife, you're giving it to yourself. So, and, and the Shahina dwells in such a home. The Shahina does not dwell when there's Makloket does not and so that's what we want to avoid we want to start with the love and the kindness and the sharing and the caring and the feeling and the respect and and the love at home and then from there we could take it outside our doors guys that being said we'll continue with our lessons and we have that's what you can do today is your talkless go home and feel the love fill your home with love and respect Baruch Adonai Amen ve Amen